Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. One of the biggest things that I like to share is being able to recognize when you're meeting resistance and getting really curious about maybe why you're not being as consistent because it's something that's happening. Sometimes it's not just that you're not able to. Everyone is capable of being consistent. But when you can identify what the resistance is and really get curious about that, because it might you your mindset may be the resistance, maybe your environment may be the resistance, timing may be the resistance. But if you don't get curious about what the resistance is, then you won't be able to remedy it. And so it's really important that you recognize your resistance. And once you can identify what's holding you back, what's hindering you from being consistent, then start small and start to chip away at that so that over time you get more and more consistent. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 205. In this episode, I'm joined by Ashley Brown from Routine and Things to learn how scrapbookers can benefit from implementing routines in their lives and in their hobby. Hello, friends. Before we jump into my conversation with Ashley, I wanted to share a few things we have coming up. This year, our book club is reading Tranquility by Tuesday from Laura Vanderkam as a nine-month study group. Our first conversation is this Wednesday evening covering just the first section. I'm excited to use these concepts as a lens to help us all create a better experience for our hobby, so we're feeling fulfilled by our time. Book club meetings are a member experience, so you can visit simplescrapper.com membership to get more details about joining our community. Behind the scenes, I'm also working on a new free workshop about the three things you need to create more consistently. I hope to have it completed by the end of the month, but today's episode is a fantastic prequel for that. As you heard in the introduction, Ashley specifically addresses why routines are important for creative consistency. All right, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Ashley Brown. Hey, Ashley, welcome to Scrapbook Your Way. Hey, Jennifer, thank you for having me. Yes, I am eager to get to know you a little bit better. I was introduced to you by a friend uh, late last year. So can you start by sharing a little bit about yourself? Yes. So 
I am first and foremost a huge God girl. I always like to state that in the beginning. Um, in terms of like my roles, I'm a mom. So I have two girls. They're three and five. They are my heart. We live, um, me and my family here in Baltimore, Maryland. And, but I'm originally from the South. So I'm a South Carolina girl. Um, and other than that, I, I just love helping people. I don't know. That's what just keeps coming to my spirit. I'm like, I'm such a, I have such a serving spirit and I do that right now through teaching. I'm a nurse educator as well as I own the business routine and things, which is all about helping women get organized, um, using routines to do so. And so that's just a little bit about me. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you kind of, you wear multiple hats. I do the same thing. I still work for the University of Illinois doing things related to drinking water. And so I like to be able to to keep my feet in different worlds. And I find there's a lot of, I hate the word synergy, but you know, like cross-cutting uh, influences where you learn from doing something different for your other activity. So. Oh, for sure. Yes. So what's exciting you right now? This is my favorite question to ask our guests. You know, what is one thing lighting up your life these days? Mm, So I'm actually, something that's really lighting up my life. I haven't started it yet, but I'm really excited about the journey. I'm going to be doing like what I'm calling a quote unquote um, silence retreat, even though it's not really totally silence, but um, I keep just hearing within my spirits, just like get silent be within your own thoughts, cut out all of like the content information, because I'm such like an information seeker. I'm a lifelong learner. So I'm always like, listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube videos, listening to people on Instagram, this, that, and the third. And although that's awesome, great. But at certain times, especially now in my life, I'm going through a transition. And so I need more silence. I need to know like, what are my thoughts? What am I saying within myself and cut out all of the noise? And so I'm supposed to be starting that next week, which I'm really excited about. Yes, yes. I think there's so much power in in the quiet. And I'm hearing in so many words throughout uh, the online community that I'm a part of and those that are, you know, tangential to to our creative community, um, this just craving for more inward listening. Yes. It's so important. It's so, it's so valuable and needed because we can kind of get lost sometimes when we are listening to others. But you know, our inner voice is always speaking. And I think if we can tune into that more, then we can just expand and live our best lives, honestly. Yes, yes. So our audience here for Scrapbook Your Way is primarily scrapbookers and memory keepers. And I'm curious if you have an important memory that you want to keep in some way, but haven't yet, like a photo display, a photo book, or some sort of other crafty project. Yes. So I take... Me and my husband, we take a lot of pictures of our girls and we're always like, we're going to, you know, make sure that we keep these memories and not even just pictures because that's one piece of it. But we have like videos of them, mm-hmm. like doing certain things that are so unique to them at this time because there's such cute ages, like three and five. And they say the craziest things. They have oh, yeah. a little oh, yeah. quirky <laughs> ways about themselves. And I'm like. I want you for my youngest. She's around here. She's always saying, but she's like, but, but, and I'm like, I want to, I want to capture that. And I want to put it somewhere so that you can see yourself talking about mommy, but daddy, but, and all of that. So like, that's something that I haven't done, but I want to capture those videos specifically for them in some type of way. 
Oh yeah, that sounds so fun. I always thinking about like at some milestone in the future of these photos and videos we have, if they're going <laughs> to let us share them. <laughs> exactly. Right. They're probably going to be like, mom, dad, like stop. <laughs> uh huh. For sure. So can you tell us a little bit more about how Routine and Things came to be? Yes. Yeah, so Routine and Things came along back in 2019. But really, the journey started far beyond that. I was a stay-at-home mom for close to three years. And in that beginning phase of being a stay-at-home mom, I really lost sight of myself. My life got really disorganized at the time. And um, I also was deeply depressed um, for some time throughout the beginning stages of being a stay-at-home mom. And so I prayed and I asked God for help. And I really just went went within myself to try to figure out what I needed to do differently. And I, I really feel like I heard God say like routines, routines is you just need better routines around here. And I really didn't know at the time I knew what routines were, but before then they had already, they had fallen into place really easily. And I didn't put much thought into them. But at this point in my life, I was like, oh, I have to intentionally like start new routines, but I didn't know what to do. So using my teacher brain and all the tools that I had at the time, I was like, okay, let me try to put this together. Through a lot of trial and error, I started to figure out like, oh, this works when it comes to routines. This doesn't. And um, eventually I got to a point where I had stable routines, a part of my life. They felt good. And I remember thinking like, dang, how did I get to this place of peace being a stay at home mom? And I credit much of it to having routines that really helped me to stabilize and stay grounded and stay organized enough so that even when unexpectancies occurred or just things came out of the blue, I could at least fall into place with my routines and my routines were kind of helping me have predictability and stability. And so that's when I decided in 2019, I was like, Oh, I want to teach women, right? The teacher in me is like, I want to teach about this. And so that's when I started routine and things and really just started a community and sharing information. But yeah, that's how all of it got started. Now, if you had to compare yourself like a before and after, can you elaborate more on like some of the struggles you had before and then the ones that maybe were less or, you know, even eliminated by having the routines? Yeah. So a struggle that I had before was I'm going to share a really tangible struggle. It was just like in the mornings, things just felt really chaotic. Like I would wake up and I had only one daughter at the time. I ended up becoming pregnant with my second daughter, but I would wake up and it would just be like this rush in the morning. Even though I didn't have anywhere to go. That's what was so weird about it. I always felt like, Ooh, like I need to get up. I need to start doing things. But then I was like, well, what do I do? And then my daughter wouldn't be dressed at a certain time. And I'm like, why is she still in pajamas? Like, what have I done today? I just felt frazzled. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was like, I just felt rushed and frazzled because I didn't really have structure, right? It was no structure. It was just like, oh, let me get up and let me figure out what I'm going to do today. But that led me to, because I didn't really have a system or process for going about things, I would just be doing random things that didn't really matter. And so having routines really 
allowed me to have more structure, you know, having a routine with me and my daughter in the morning and also leading into the afternoon was really helpful so that I'm like, okay, so roughly around this time of day, we're doing this. And then this time of day, we're doing that. And so that was really, really helpful. And then when I like, I also want to share like intangibly, even though I feel like it can, can be felt like something that really was troublesome for me was I was really, really moody at the time. Like I um, would go from A to Z in like a hot second, very much <laughs> like, yeah. just very much temperamental. And I, I'm a cancer. So we're just naturally, I feel like moody as far as zodiac signs go. And so, but it was like on 10 and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to like get myself together. And even at that time for a certain extent, for a certain extent being depressed too, I was like, okay, I need to change how I'm feeling like that. I can't live like this. And so having a morning routine really helped to strengthen my mindset and really helped me to get outside of depression. I had things like journaling in my morning routine, gratitude practice. And so just focusing on like mindset things in my morning really helped me to lessen like my mood in some and also helped me to get outside of my depression, which was really helpful. So routines help in so many different ways. It's insane. It's not just like the, the physical structure or like you have a timeline or that is it also routines really help you in connecting with yourself and they can be structured in a way that they don't just help with tangible things. They can help with your mindset too and your emotion, emotional management. Well, yeah. And I imagine, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say they can really help in, in different ways. So if you're feeling like, Oh yeah, I do need a morning routine because I just want a a better flow. Great. But then also if you're like, Ooh, I do find that I'm like snapping all of the time. Like you can put a routine in place to help you in managing that as well. Yeah. I just, I I was going to say that there's this huge ripple effect in terms of improving your relationships with, you know, partners, children, whoever's in your life, even coworkers, if you work outside the home, that if you are starting your day in a better place, it's only going to kind of cause more success throughout the rest of the day. For sure. Yep. So in your latest podcast episode, you talked about successful routines reducing friction. And so I want to give our audience kind of an idea of helping them identify some of the most common friction points in our days. And I I know that the the morning getting out, if anybody has to get out the door, getting the kids, you know, going for the day, those are some of them. But what else would you include in that? Yeah, I will also include um, bedtime is a friction for many people um, because sometimes we don't want to get to bed. At a, we want to, like we naturally want to internally, we want to, but we don't always get to bed at a decent time or we don't sometimes follow to sleep in a way that's really going to help us have like a restful night or or just better sleep in general so nighttime because I just feel like really for us as adults sometimes it's like we're trying to regain our power at night because we've been working all day and so to do that we will sometimes go into activities and over consume because it's like oh I want some me time but me time lasts until midnight or after midnight and then you're like exhausted in the morning so I feel like that's mm-hmm. friction there I also think a really major um 
point in the day as well is trying to figure out dinner. Like that's like a major one for all of us. It's like, oh, well, what am I cooking tonight? And even though it can seem very minute, it's like that can take up time when you're trying to figure out what to cook or you're like looking to your partner and they're like, I don't know either. And it just takes time, especially when you have kids, (laughs) like even then it just even gets worse. And so I think that's definitely a frictional point of the day um, that you can implement a routine like a meal planning routine for example could help you and having ideas for what you're going to cook so that you're not thinking as much or taking as long to decide another I think another one too and I heard this from one of my um, close business friends she was like she struggles between the hours of like four to seven like that window of time once the kids like get out of school and before bed and so I was sharing with her like if that's the case and like you're struggling or you're feeling like super bored or you're feeling like restless during that time, um, what type of routine could you put in place that kind of helps you helps to like energize you or give you a type of focus? What can that be so that you're not just feeling like you're trying to make it through that time, but you're actually finding value in that time before bed? And so I feel like those are really the fictional points in our day. It's morning bedtime around mealtime and then also maybe if you have kids in school like once they get out between the time they get out in bedtime yes yes I think the the mealtime especially my daughter is now 11 and she's in middle school and all these activities and so sometimes the activities are 4 15 sometimes they're at 7 and so we're it's not even what we're having to eat but okay what time are we actually needing to eat this so that we can get to the thing mm-hmm. um, and that's definitely one of the huge one and I think it also highlights that whatever season of life you're in is going to guide what routines you might need because it's not going to be consistent from here on Exactly. And that's very true. We we have to pay attention to what season are we in and Mm -hmm. how can we use routines to really help to support us in that season. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between habits and routines? Um, And is developing one harder than the other? And how do they work together and all that? Yeah. So habits and routines are different. They have some similarities just in terms of you get that predictability and you can get structure with both. Um, however, habits are automatic. So you're not thinking. It's not really conscious thought to do a habit. It's more in your subconscious. And so that's a habit. A routine is more on the conscious level. It's not automatic. You're still going to have to think. Now, after time, you won't have to think as hard, but you still are going to have to think in order to get up and like do your routine and move through the through the steps. Um, also, um, habits are typically like one thing that you're doing. Like maybe you're like in the habit of drinking water, whereas a routine is usually multi-step. And so Mm -hmm. that's another huge difference is one harder to like establish than another. I would say, of course, like a habit definitely is, I don't even know I would say harder, but it's going to take more time. If you're trying to get something to be automatic and not thought about, that's going to take good like a great amount of time versus a routine which you can establish in weeks or even like a month it's easy for you to establish a routine quicker than actually forming a habit and so I always share with people you really want to think about what is your goal like what goal do you have and which one would best serve you for that goal um if you know for example maybe you're like I want to 
X or like lose weight. I don't know. I'm just, that just came to the top of my head probably because that's what I'm focused on, but I want to lose weight. Which one would most benefit you based upon how you want to go about losing weight? If it's like, okay, I want to exercise or move my body, then maybe a routine might be better for you because it might be multi steps in order to move you, like when it comes to moving your body. Or you might be like, no, I want to focus on my nutrition. I just want to get in more veggies. Well, maybe taking that and making that a habit could be more beneficial for you. A routine could do the same thing as well, but you really want to think about what which one is most beneficial for the outcome that you want for your life. Um, I think it's really helpful to start with the routine and just because they're, I feel like easier to manage in a sense. Um, and it's not as much pressure. I think sometimes when we feel like, Oh, I want to make something a habit. Sometimes I feel like we don't feel like we can get there because it does have to be automatic in order for it to be a habit, but a routine it's, I feel like just a lower pressure in a sense. And it's also more flexible because as we just said, seasons change. And so maybe this season you want to move your body in one way. And the next season you're like, I want to do something different to move my body. And so it it really is just depending on what you need. But I think both are really great. But really just think about which one would most benefit you in this season of life. Now, would you say that routines are kind of like fake it till you make it in terms of when you're looking at maybe a, developing a habit as the desired outcome? When you're looking to develop a habit as a desired outcome, many people will try to go the routine route to develop a habit, which I don't feel like that's bad. That's not, you know, that's not a bad thing. However, when I think about trying to get to a habit through a routine, I feel like it's going to be harder when you can just focus on the one habit, like okay. just focus on the habit because now I feel like if you're trying to create a routine, it's easier to go from taking a habit to trigger your routine, but not the other way around. I feel like if you have an established habit, like, for example, we all, most of us brush our teeth or wash our face in the morning. You can take that habit and then say, oh, I want a, a skincare routine to come after brushing my teeth. That's easier for you to get into a routine with skincare that was triggered from a habit that you already have established versus saying, I want to go from a routine to then making my routine into a habit. That's going to be much harder. Okay. Okay. Thank you for um, going deep into that. I know it's a conversation that we, we often have in our community. Oh, yeah. Good. Now, as I mentioned, our audience are, you know, we're primarily hobbyists. We're doing things for fun, but sometimes the things we want to do for fun don't seem to happen as much as we would like. Mm -hmm. So how can routines help us find that time energy and motivation for, for doing our hobbies, not just buying the things or reading about the things, but doing them? Yeah. So one beautiful thing about routines is that they create margin for you, margin in terms of time. And also they will help you to better manage your energy because I feel like many times our, for some of us, time is an issue. For some of us, time is truly an issue for, I feel like for most of us, time isn't really the issue. It's more so how we're managing our energy throughout the day. And that's what leads us to doing certain activities or over consuming in certain activities or not taking action is because 
we're feeling super tired or we're feeling very drained or we're feeling maybe not as satisfied in life. And so that leads us to not taking action in certain ways. And so I really feel as if routines can help you better manage your energy um, by helping you conserve energy. Some routines help you restore energy as well. And so when you're having routines, because it's helping you manage your energy, it's going to better help you manage your time. And that will help you to be able to do the hobby, be able to, you know, do your scrapbooking and actually have the energy and time to do so. And so that's where I really like to highlight routines for women and just people in general, because we will focus so much on time. And if we really think about it and we like do a time study, most of that time is sucked up by us not really managing our energy well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, if we can learn to manage our energy better, time will open up. You'll have more space and more margin in your life. What would be an example of a routine that would restore your energy? Are we talking about exercise here or, or you have other ideas in mind? Yeah, exercise definitely can restore your energy. Uh, depending on how you create these routines, a uh, morning routine can restore your energy. And specifically, this is when I highlight really hugely a bedtime routine is hands down going to restore your energy. If you have a, a really solid bedtime routine and you are going to bed at a good time for you, which is different for everybody, you're going, going to bed at a time that is good for you and you're getting good sleep, that automatically is going to restore your energy in a really impactful way. And so a bedtime routine, morning routine, exercise routine, those routines can really help to restore your energy. And even planning routines can too, because you're decreasing the mental load. So, mm, yeah. Yes, yes. So I also hear a lot of talk about planners and organization because, of course, we love all the things that go with those things when we're talking about building new routines. But I, those have their role. But I think sometimes we get stuck there versus focusing on taking action. Why do you think that happens? Oh, my gosh. Because, <laughs> because we love to dream. I think that's why it happens. Mm-hmm. I feel like just naturally... We love to hope for the best and make the plans because it just, it's easier. It's easier to plan to do something many times than to actually do it from, from many of us. And if it's, if we can like quickly take out a planner or a sheet of paper and then write out what we hope to accomplish and what goals we have for the week and what we need to get done that's easier than the act of actually doing it, especially when maybe we're not managing our energy well throughout the week. It's just easier to sit down and do it. And I just feel like sometimes we do get, like I said, we get attached to the outcome, but we don't get attached to the process that is needed or the doing that is needed to even Mm -hmm. create the outcome. We're more attached to the outcome than the actions that it takes to get there. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck because we can write as, as we know, we can write down many things, but what is the point of writing it down? If we're not really taking into account how we're going to get there, what it looks like to get there, do we even want to get there? Because sometimes we just have so much noise that's telling us we need to do this or this or this. And it's like, wait, do you even want to be doing that? What is it going to take for you to get there? And so I think that's why we get so stuck is because we are hopeful of the outcome and we get so attached to the outcome that we don't think deep enough about what it's going to take for us to actually get to the outcome. 
Yes, yes. And I think instead of valuing progress and baby steps and, you know, that each each implementation of a process, whether it's perfect or, you know, just the the beta version or the mm-hmm. alpha version, it's all going to start moving us forward. Exactly. Yep. So many scrapbookers talk about feeling overwhelmed, even when they do have the time and energy to get started. Maybe they've even set aside this time. So they come, they sit down, whether they're at their computer because they're a digital scrapbooker or they're in a, at a table because they're a paper scrapbooker. What kind of routines do you think hobbyists need to reduce or prevent this feeling of just being overwhelmed with, you know, too much to do, feeling behind, too many choices, that type of thing? Mm. I honestly feel as if if you can get a routine down that helps you to declutter your mind in some type of way, that can be super helpful, whether that is a routine that includes like brain dumping, some type of cleaning routine, um, maybe a routine that includes journaling. I think we keep a lot of our stress. Well, a lot of our stress comes from what we're thinking about. And so if you can release some of the thoughts and the things that just keep being crowded in your head, that will lighten your load a bunch because if you're keeping everything in your mind, when you go to sit down to scrapbook, it's not going to be a pleasurable experience. It's not going to be a really beautiful experience because you're thinking about so many things. And so having some type of routine like that, and just in general, any routine that you start is going to help to decrease mental load in some type of way, to be perfectly honest, um, because it's giving you more structure and predictability, which helps to decrease mental load. And so you can really start any routine, but if you're really trying to tackle just that overwhelming feeling, that's coming from what you're thinking. And so if you can brain dump or declutter your mind in some type of way, that's going to be really, really helpful, I believe. Oh, excellent. I know that will help a lot of our listeners. So uh, I'm curious, what are the requirements or, or prerequisites that you see for a ref- routine to be effective? And I'm guessing this is something maybe you teach in, in your classes and the things that you do. Like, How do we know? How do we make sure that we're checking all the boxes? Yes. So prerequisites before you even start a routine is one, you have to get very clear on what are your views of a routine? Because some of us, I like to call, I like to call these people routine rebels and we have them where, which is fine. I love a routine rebel because I'm like, yes, girl, come on over this way. Because it's just like that blockage that we can have. That's like, oh, I'm not a routine person or a routine won't work for me because of my personality or how I am. And that's so far from the truth because everybody has routines. And I always like to highlight this. I'm like, you have routines. You just don't call them routines. But it's things and steps that you take consistently throughout your day and throughout your week that you're doing. So everyone is a routine person. So that's the first prerequisite is you must know that you you have to believe that you're a routine person and you have to believe that they will work for you. That's first. Another prerequisite before you start a routine is you have to assess your routines. Many times we will want a certain routine just because we feel like we should have that routine. But we may need 
another routine that might be more beneficial in our season of life. And so it's important to assess what routine is really going to be helpful for you by thinking about what's working in your life, what's not working in certain points of your day. Where can you have more efficiency, more effectiveness in your day? Where can you better manage your energy in your day to really decide which routine is going to be most beneficial? And so that's another one is a huge one is you have to assess your routines. Mm, I love that because I think sometimes we have we have, again, that attachment to the outcome. And so we think we need to, you know, insert routine at this point in the day. And maybe we have a routine that's actually working well. It may be not what Mm -hmm. everybody else does. It may not be the, you know, the lengthiest, most involved, but if it's working for you, then, then why change it? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I share all the time. I'm like, don't go and overhaul your routines when you may not even need to. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So do you have any final advice for those who want to create whatever it is they create more consistently? Yes. So one of the biggest things that I like to share is being able to recognize when you're meeting resistance and getting really curious about maybe why you're not being as consistent because it's something that's happening. Sometimes it's not just that you're not able to, everyone is capable of being consistent, but when you can identify what the resistance is and really get curious about that, because it might, you, your mindset may be the resistance, maybe your environment may be the resistance, timing may be the resistance, but if you don't get curious about what the resistance is, then you won't be able to remedy it. And so it's really important that you recognize your resistance. And once you can identify what's holding you back, what's hindering you from being consistent, then start small and start to chip away at that so that over time you get more and more consistent. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Ashley, this has been so delightful to get to know you a little bit better and to glean some of your wisdom. Can you share where we can find you online and anything you have new or coming up here in 2023? Yes. So you can find me online at Routine and Things on Instagram. Um, I also have a website, routineandthings.com. But what's coming up in 2023? I have something really special that I can't announce just yet, but it's coming up in April. But... Also, our planner is coming back in April of 2023, the Routine and Things Planner, which I'm super excited about and has gotten really good feedback. And so um, it's coming out back out in April and also be back in October, too. Nice, nice. So April sounds like a big month for you. We will look forward to all the things that are coming new for you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Yes, thanks so much for spending time with me. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.